0: Hast du gesehen, was ich ja, äh, wie ich mein ähm, Audiodatei genannt habe? Nee. You better Work Bitch. Kennst, kennst <lacht> du das? <lacht> ist von äh, RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: Nee, kenn ich nicht.
0: Ah, es ist auch ein äh... Ah, Work Bitch heißt das Lied von Britney Spears.
1: You get What's that? Going I'm going so Also, ich verstehe nur You only understand train station. It's all Greek to me.
0: Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Phelan. Welcome back everyone. This is weird. I feel like we haven't had like a normal episode in a while, which we may have. I just feel like we've been in so much flux lately as far as where we've been and it's just been a crazy couple of weeks for me as well, but how are you doing uh Feli?
1: I'm doing good. I'm well rested. I kind of took a break, which was much needed. But I mean, we did publish the podcast episode throughout my break. And then I kind of did a video last week, which was kind of supposed to be still part of my break. But then I had to do it a little early. But I still rested a lot. And that was really nice. But I know that your life has been crazy because you started that new (sighs) position at your company.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just been crazy because I just started a new position. And then the company recently announced that they'd be cutting uh, some jobs. So it's just been like a stressful time of starting Mm -hmm. a new job that I don't even know if I'll continue to have. And then like I started it while I was still in the U.S. And then I got back to Germany and continued with it and then like jumping straight into work. So it's just been like a whirlwind of a couple weeks now. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's nice to be able to take a a break and do this podcast and talk to you and yeah, do something other than work. I also just got back, as you know, from taking a German test.
1: Woo-hoo. <laughs> what
0: was uh, that for yeah so basically i'm trying to get everything in order to be able to apply for permanent residency in germany um mm-hmm. it's a little tricky the way i'm going about it but i think i'll be able to but there's an accelerated path that you can take especially if you speak a high level of german i believe it's either i think you need b2 if i'm not b1 or b2 don't ask me but i did the c1 test today just to because i i think i could probably do the c2 Successfully, that's my feeling, but I didn't want to have to study at all, so I just said, Okay, I'll do the C1 and get the highest that I can do without studying. So it was a long process.
1: So, how did the test look like? Because I know that you were there in person, so yeah, yeah, what was the setting? And what was the
0: test at the Goethe Institute? Um, which is funny because it just feels like I'm in a Amt, is what it felt Mm -hmm. like, like at a government office, basically, like when I even though they're
1: not. Like, the exactly. Institute is technically a, a private organization, right? Yeah,
0: that's my I understanding, think, yeah. at least. They might get some public funds, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But it very much felt like I was at, like, the KVW, which is, uh, like, um, what do you even call it? The, like, the Bürgeramt, Bürgerbüro, whatever you want to call it. City like Hall.
1: Civil off- public office? I don't know. We just don't have you them in the go to US. get your driver's license and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, and your documents. Yeah.
0: So it just felt, like, very formal in that regard. And then, yeah, it just was like, a, I haven't taken a standardized test in who knows how long mm-hmm. at this point. So it just was weird. Um, so they did a, it started with writing. So then I had to like write an essay, which I haven't written an essay in forever.
1: By hand? Or was yeah, it by on hand. a computer?
0: By hand. Oh boy. <laughs> My hand was cramping because they <laughs> yeah. give you like a a, a note page to, that you can write your thoughts before putting it on the official thing. And I ended up just writing the entire essay on the note page. And then I had to rewrite it again.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Just because
0: like, I wanted to avoid any maybe little grammar errors. Like, when you know, when you're just writing free-flowing, you like cross things out and figure it out. So I wanted it to look nice on the actual page. Yeah. So did that. So it was the writing. And then they did a... Oh, listening. They did listening next, which mm-hmm. was stupid. It's just so stupid because you can speak really good German. But just because of the way that the tests are structured, they make it ridiculously difficult. Like essentially it was someone calling um, about a car share service and wanted all of this information. So they're just throwing a million numbers at you with a million random, like uh, for the the temporary period, it's going to cost you 330 euros for a safety deposit that you'll get back after 90 days. And you're just like, okay, this is information overload and you can only listen to it once. And they give you like a few minutes, like a minute and a half to look over the questions before they start playing the audio. So mm-hmm. it just was super stressful. Yeah. I think I probably missed a couple. It's not that I didn't understand. It just was, it doesn't. And forget ref- the numbers. Exactly. All of that. Yeah. It just doesn't reflect real life where you can ask questions again. And like, no one has a phone conversation that way. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, then there was that. And then they did it. Like there was an interview about, an from some author about how interns are struggling in Germany. So yeah, it just was like random stuff. And then there was the writing or the reading portion, which I actually found to be the most difficult because they had you do a lot of like replacement, like there would be a blank and then you would have to put a a word there, but Mm -hmm. you didn't know exactly what word they wanted you to use. Like Mm -hmm. there were so many different words that you could use that would fit that context. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't know, like, I just tried to choose the word that I think made the most sense. Yeah. But I just don't understand how you can standardize a test when you're going to have a whole bunch of different responses there. I guess it's just a matter of if it's a fitting word and you used the grammar context correctly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not really a standardized test in that sense then, because, I mean, mm-hmm. the essay, like all of these answers are yeah. probably more like open for interpretation and yeah. for whoever is grading it or giving the points, what what they think of it, there their judgment of it, their exactly. personal judgment.
0: And then we did a, the oral exam, which was like two hours later. So I just, I was able to go home for a bit, but okay. it was stupid. That, and what sorry, was that about? I'm saying it's all stupid. You can, if you can't tell, I really <laughs> did not want to take this test. I think it was just a, how do a shakedown, like a Geldmacherei, like yeah. is how it felt. Um, Cause it was like 300 euros. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then I went back for the oral exam where I had uh, like, tell them a story about forgetfulness or basically like have a three to four minute presentation about forgetfulness where I just made up a random story and said that my grandma uh, had dementia and told us that she had a, had an affair. So I, I, but that's I, not true. No, it's not true. Yeah. It's not true. But I just was like, how can I make this interesting and like fun for me to talk about? So I just made mm-hmm. up some story, and the t- <laughs> the two like evaluators were sitting there laughing, like, oh my gosh. They were looking at each other, like, can you believe this? <laughs> I told them at the end it well, was made up, but
1: okay. And that was allowed. That didn't disqualify you for a German permanent residency <laughs> just because you uh you lied. Exactly. <laughs> I just have to prove that I can tell Good. a story. Good. Yeah,
0: so that was basically the the exam. So that's where my brain is right now.
1: I feel that. I um, feel like a lot of that, what you just said, lines up, first of all, with my experience of learning a language in Germany, just in the Mm. German school system. And I don't know how different it is in the U.S. because I've never learned a second language in the American school system, of course. I always hear from people like you and other Americans that it's, you know, not as challenging in a lot of cases. I know that you were very lucky with your German teacher, of course. Yeah. From what I hear, especially like Spanish classes, a lot of people kind of take those to get an easy A and just like go through the first year and they can only say hello and goodbye, (laughs) Um, stuff like that. But I just know from the German school system The listening comprehension especially was always that ridiculous. Even in fifth grade, they would make it like a train station announcement where it's awful acoustics, where you cannot understand it acoustically because it's through a muffled microphone. There is background noise of people screaming. And then you're like a 10-year-old is supposed to understand the same kind of information like, oh, which platform, like numbers and like facts and stuff like what time is the training okay. and stuff at, like that at 14
0: leaving <laughs> the, exactly. tr- the ice 327.5 <laughs> will be will be leaving from uh from platform whatever yeah it's it's crazy nine
1: and three quarters yeah. yeah exactly like that's that's always what i remembered listening comprehension to be like in school where it was like okay we clearly understand whenever we do listening comprehension exercises in class and even when it's like the recorded part from the textbook yeah those were usually okay even though they also sometimes like the difficult stuff but also communicating with the teacher and with each yeah. other that always just worked just fine and then you have this thing in the exam where it's like okay so now they're just setting up setting us up for failure yeah parts, basically
0: or like the during the interview they were like 10 questions that you had to answer luckily they played that one twice Mm -hmm. Um, I got, I think 80% of the answers on the first run through and then like just confirmed everything the second time, but like it was multiple choice. This one was, Mm -hmm. but they were very, very similar answers that they would use words that were all basically used in the discussion, but were not the correct answer. And then they would use other words like synonyms for the correct answer. It was crazy.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm very familiar <laughs> with that kind of method, I guess. Yeah. The other thing that that reminded me of was the töffel test. So mm-hmm. the English test that I had to take before I came to the US. I didn't have to take any language test for getting the green card. I did have to submit my score a few times though, but maybe it was just both times for the university. Probably for the university. I just remember that I did it the first time. And then at some point later on, I was glad that the score was still valid because I think it was Mm -hmm. like valid for two years or something like that. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Now I don't have to take that again. But anyways, it was very similar. Like I had to actually study for that test and I bought one of those expensive books because it's basically one of those typical american standardized tests that we are not very used to in germany and so i had to buy one of those huge expensive books to prepare because as you said the test wasn't really about knowing the language it was all about the test itself so like this one specifically was really tough on time so you really had to practice to get through the different sections in time and just like kind of know what to expect so like basically for each section you just had to practice the test beforehand to even know how to go about it to even know yeah. which tasks you were gonna have to do like what to do first in order to get it done within the time and stuff yeah. like that so yeah that was very challenging and that was also expensive so reminds me of yes that you just mentioned <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> except the only thing was that was at a computer like i had to go to some test center in munich and there were a bunch of other people in this little room and mm-hmm. everyone had their own computer. And so I don't think I had to write anything by hand.
0: Well, that's good.
1: But I just know that it was very challenging. It and just was
0: weird. It, it took me back to like the ACT and SAT that I did if we had to write something by hand. I think we may have. Mm-hmm. But like I very much associate having to write essays by hand with like school testing, like the Ohio yep. graduation test or like throughout the, the we call them the OATs the Ohio assessment tests, like, throughout mm-hmm. your education. Um, so, yeah, it just was weird to be back in a testing facility or testing environment.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the German school system, there wasn't a single time where we had to write it or could write anything on a computer. In the German school system, it's definitely everything by hand, like your Abitur. 2 yeah. essays that are, like, over 10 pages long, like, you definitely write everything by hand.
0: I think in my school, like, when I was still in school, it was it was mostly by hand. You had to fill out the Scantron forms, and then they would automatically get processed.
1: Yeah, like which we don't have those. Yeah. Like where it's the thing where it's just multiple choice and then they just scan the pattern of... Yeah, the
0: which f- was confusing for me because there were some boxes on this test that I had to ankreuzen. Mm-hmm. And I'm used to having to fill out the box. Yeah, and I so read like there's a, a
1: round little checkbox and then Germany we just put across. Uh-huh. And then in the US you usually have to like... Fill it out, and what? Else and there was
0: like an instruction on the sheet that they didn't mention, but luckily I read it, and it said only fill out, like completely fill in the box if it's a correction.
1: Ah, okay. Oh gosh. <laughs>
0: so like there were so many pitfalls that one could fall into, but yeah, I th- we'll see. I haven't gotten the results back, but um, we'll see what happens. I mean.
1: If you didn't pass the test with your German level, that would be ridiculous. Like that would literally just show that the test isn't actually working.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah. So those are top of mind for us at this point.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something to deal with that one didn't really think that you would have to deal with again in life. Like you're kind of yeah. done with university. You're like, okay, cool. I'm never going to have to take a test again. And then suddenly you're in that situation and you just get reminded of how annoying and ridiculous those tests can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stupid, as you said.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm also dealing with another thing in German bureaucracy <laughs> at the moment because I'm trying to get all my documents in place to be able to officially apply for permanent residency. Yeah. And you have to prove how long that you've been paying into the German... Um, retirement system mm-hmm. and i've been paying into it for two years now because i've had a job but i so i had to request a document from the german retirement system showing how many months i've paid in it's called mm-hmm. a wartezeit auskunft and i requested it a month ago and i received it today and it only showed <laughs> yeah, yeah very quick <laughs> and it only showed one year oh man so then i called them luckily luckily i i had the best customer service i've ever had in germany um like she was so friendly and so nice but i guess they only update the retirement system like your how much you've paid in on a yearly basis so okay. the so the employer at the end of the year like has to send them the documents of like what they've been paying in but that's so weird for me that i don't know how it works in the u.s but how do you only update your system once a year with that type of information? I feel like that's something that should be done on a regular basis. Where's my money going mm-hmm. that they're yeah. not able to track that I've paid in for the last 12 months and I have to wait for my company to send them?
1: They could only show the first month, the first year of you paying in and not the most recent Exactly. Year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: So now, now I have to reach out to HR at my company and ask them when they're submitting the report to the German retirement system. Mm -hmm. And then I have to call the German retirement system again and tell them. And I I asked her, like, is this going to take another month? And she said, if you give me a call, then no, it won't take a month.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, good that you found someone nice.
0: Yeah, definitely. It It was a complete surprise to me. And it's exactly what I needed in that moment. I was like, oh, this was actually a really nice interaction. Even though I didn't get what I wanted, it was a nice interaction.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, just thought I'd share that tidbit with you guys. Kind of talking about, like... The annoyances with work and having to deal with HR and how all of that ties together. That kind of segues into our topic for this month or mm-hmm. this month.
1: This month. <laughs> well, we have two episodes a month. So the second half of the month. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> so this for the second half of the month, uh, which is kind of work-life balance in Germany mm-hmm. and... Oh, wow, what is the matter with my brain? I was going to say Germany the and US- Austria.
1: So close. <laughs> Work-life balance
0: differences between Germany and the US.
1: I feel like the first thing that comes to mind is that Germany is at least known for having a better work-life balance or Mm. to value the work-life balance more. Um, And I feel like there's even stereotypes, and I'm just going to throw that out there and then we can talk about it, that if you were to break it down to like one word for each work culture or one stereotype that the other country has about the other people is that I feel like Americans often think that Germans are lazy. That's at least my impression Hmm, that that's like or that they think that Germans don't work a lot. And that kind of equates to being Mm -hmm. lazy in a lot of mindsets, I feel like. And then Americans are kind of known for being workaholics, I feel like. And in the US, I feel like the majority consensus is at least that that is a good thing. Being a workaholic.
0: Mm. I would. So this is what I would say to that. I think most Americans don't know enough about Germans to even have a German specific stereotype. Um, I think they would group most Europeans into one big basket as far as work culture is concerned. And Mm -hmm. the main thing that people will say is that there are a lot of holidays and a lot of vacation days. Um, Mm -hmm. And that like in the summer, Europeans don't do anything besides go on vacation. I would say that's like probably the main stereotype that Americans have towards Europeans in general. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, when I think about American stereotypes towards Germans in the realm of work, that industrious comes to mind. I think most people would consider Germans or Germany an industrious country, like very Mm -hmm. productive. So I don't know if I would necessarily use the word lazy as like the stereotype that most Americans would have. I think they would say uh, that they just don't work quite as much, but I wouldn't, yeah. I, I don't think that people would say lazy. Me having like a little bit more of a better understanding of German culture, work culture before moving here, would I would always say that the Germans work harder or they work smarter, not harder, whereas the Americans work harder, not smarter. So interesting. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So, Can
1: I throw something in yeah. there? Because one thing that I think we haven't mentioned that we should mention mm-hmm. is that we actually did talk about work,
0: a yeah, uh, work related topic
1: with Niklas before, yeah. So we're going to link that episode in the show notes and info box below. Um, but I feel like you also said something about. Or maybe Nicholas also agreed with that. I'm not sure, but I think you definitely said something about um, Germans always clinging to the process mm-hmm. and not being so outcome-oriented, whereas Americans always care about the results and want to get there as quickly as possible. Yeah. Which to me almost makes it sound like that would be the smarter way. But now you're kind of saying it the other way around.
0: What What I meant in <laughs> this context, I, I think that's when you're looking at outcomes, but mm-hmm. what I'm looking at pure work. I think mm-hmm. Germans are much. In, in general, are much more, much more, much more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's your uh, southern accent Yeah. Your, like, uh, what African was that? American accent.
0: <laughs> much more uh, focused when they're at work, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we're at work. I'm going to get the work done. Won't be looking at my personal phone. Like it's going to be work, 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 work. And then when I'm done with work, I'm done with work. Yeah. Whereas in the U.S. culture, I would say for the most part, it's a little bit more laid back in the office. Mm-hmm. And I notice it too. It, it's really hard for me to make these comparisons now because I work at an American tech company in Germany. So there's yeah. a lot of the American influence that is has influenced my view of the German work culture the last year. But I would say yeah, in it's general, all getting mixed up for yeah, you. Yeah, but in general, I would say the American work culture is more relaxed. Mm-hmm. We'll ha- sit down and have a nice coffee with our coworkers. Kind of mess around in the office. Occasionally look at your phone, look at Instagram, look at Facebook or whatever. Like, yeah. I feel like that's much more common in uh, the U.S. than it is in Germany. So that's what I meant by work harder and not smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Germans work. Wait, what did I see? what did I even say? <laughs> I said the Germans you said that work, work smarter, smarter you not said. harder, necessarily. Whereas yeah. which the not harder is kind of a, you can forget. The Germans work hard, smarter and the Americans work harder, I would say. Okay. Does that make sense? I I know I got that kind of confused.
1: Kind of. I'm trying to like now tie it back to what you just said about like basically you're saying they work harder because they're not working as hard in the office, but then they have to work longer. Yes. Basically. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So Americans will work longer hours probably because they have to make up for some lack of focus when they're in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: could definitely see that be true. Now, I know I've said this a few times, but just for context, I'm actually not the most qualified person to talk about these things. I never had a full time job in the US. I worked at the university, but that is like not a typical office environment. And then I've been self-employed ever since. So, you know, I don't have that experience except for like what friends have told me and from shows of course too mm-hmm. um and in germany i've mainly only worked i'd never even worked full-time full-time in germany either i did full-time internships and stuff like that where you're definitely part of the team and i had um still, so like permanent internships basically where i would work at a place for two days a week or something like that or on the weekends um but those were all in the realm of media so like it was all public relations agencies radio stations um the online marketing department for NBC. So that only covers one certain field yeah. in the work world. So um that's really all I can I can speak for in terms of the German work culture and the media world is generally known for being much more relaxed and and chill anyways even in Germany.
0: Yeah, and I mean it, it's it's tricky because I feel like you can really break it down to industries in both countries and how they influence mm-hmm. each other cuz like my, from my perspective, I worked at German companies in the US, German manufacturers in the US. So like, obviously, there was some German influence and in the manufacturing uh, sector. And now I work at an American company in Germany in the tech sector. So like, of course, you're going to have depending on what sector and what type of company you're in, it will influence the way that you experience these stereotypes or or your work-life balance. But I think we're mostly speaking in stereotypes and generally like sure. the general knowledge that people have about work cultures in both countries.
1: Yeah. So in terms of mm-hmm. the work-life balance, as I said, Germany is known for having a better work-life balance. And I know what many expats talk about when they move to Germany from the US, for example, but also from some other countries, is the famous term of Feierabend. Yes. So the celebration evening that Germans just very much yeah celebrate and take that time where like once they're off work they're off work they're not going to try and answer phone calls and get on their emails and when they're on vacation same thing they're going to be on vacation they're not trying to still be available for their office to reach them now that's the overall stereotype yeah, i'm not I was saying gonna that's say, true like, in all cases <laughs> now like
0: coming from sales at a tech company I'm like that doesn't that i mean i feel like i'm working in the US sometimes at this company the way that uh, things are handled which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's just not typical german at all Um, yeah so
1: i was going to throw that back at you actually like how how what does the reality look like
0: (laughs) yeah i think it's i think it's mixed and it really depends on the type of company you're at because when i worked at my previous company the german one here in germany um it was very much that way like clock in clock out like feierabend is feierabend und ist heilig like don't Mess with my so sacred. we didn't, yeah, it's sacred. And what you also said, like, just to explain, Feierabend, you said celebration evening. But for those of you who aren't familiar with the concept, it's just the German word that is used to describe the time after work, the time of the day mm-hmm. after work, where you just enjoy your evening, basically. So it's literally translated like party evening or celebration evening.
1: Yeah, party evening is actually the better translation, but you literally say, ich mache Feierabend or ich mache jetzt Feierabend. So I'm making Feierabend now. So I'm going into my time off now, basically, is what people will say. And then, or even like, hast du schon Feierabend? Are you already in party evening? Like, are you already off, basically? Um, So that's the whole concept.
0: Or like when, uh, when I was still making cold calls, I would like... When it would be later in the day, I talk to someone. You wish them a schönen Feierabend uh, mm-hmm. to end the conversation. So have a nice party evening. Uh, yeah, like enjoy your time I feel after like work. That's
1: that's not something that would exist in the U.S., right? Because there's no term for that. And if you have a phone call, maybe you wish each other a good rest of the day, or like have a good yeah. one, or something like that. And maybe if it's the weekend, you would wish them a good weekend. But other than that, you don't wish them a nice evening necessarily.
0: No, no I wouldn't. Nece- I, I'm trying to think when I used to make calls uh, in the U.S. I would I would mostly say like. Well, I hope you have a great day and don't have to work too much longer. Like I would say something okay. about along those lines. I see. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Because I'm just trying to see because like even in like normal life yeah. <laughs> situations um, outside of the office, I feel like that just doesn't really like you don't usually go around and wish people a good time off no. or even uh-uh. focus on that part. Yeah. You just wish them a good rest of the day. Yeah, usually.
0: exactly. So yes, Feierabend, I would say is is generally respected here. I know quite a few workaholics in Germany as well. And they work well past um, seven, eight in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a good thing. And I would say the majority of German society would say that's not a good thing. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. It's mostly very ambitious people and some non Germans I know that do that here in Germany. But I would say, so, like, uh huh.
1: Can I ask a question about yeah. that? Um, would you say that those are mainly non German companies where that's happening? Mm, that's a Is good that question. More like...
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Because the thing is, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but there are legal complications in Germany if you work True. too much. Yeah. So a lot of it is salaried people who don't have to clock in and out of work that work too much. But at my previous job when I was a sales engineer, basically, um, I was still having to clock in and out of of work. So they would track my working hours because mm-hmm. the company could get fined And I could be, the company could be held liable if, for example, I caused an accident on my way home from work, if I had worked too long.
1: Mm -hmm. And there has to be a certain amount of hours between your shifts, right? Like at least, is it at least eight hours or more than that? Twelve hours? something like that where like i feel like if you work in a in a shift situation like for example at media where i worked like in mm-hmm. a radio station where there's an evening shift there's a morning shift i remember that there was definitely a thing where they it was mandatory for people to at least have a break of so and so many hours between shifts mm-hmm. so they couldn't give you the latest shift and the earliest shift
0: okay yeah i'm i it makes me think of one specific industry in the US where they have something similar Mm-hmm. Um, which is in freight so uh, like semi-truck drivers um, mm-hmm. they have machines that track uh, how long they've been driving like distance and time wise and that you are forced to take breaks yeah to make sure that you're not driving for long periods of time
1: which in that situation I feel like is not even just workers rights that's actually like a safety, safety issue yeah <laughs> yeah
0: But no, I'm not
1: quite sure if what I said is 100% correct, Mm -hmm. but I definitely remember something like that being a thing. And then what you said, too, about having to clock in and out. So what was like you weren't allowed to work more than a certain amount of hours a day, right?
0: Yeah, I I don't remember the specifics of it, but I'm pretty sure we weren't allowed to work more than 10 hours a day. Like we probably would have gotten a big uh, (laughs) einlauf.
1: Ja, I don't know the English.
0: There, we say something on the nose. What I would have gotten a big bop on the nose, I think we would say, for management okay. if I did that. Like, that's that's just not allowed in most German companies, I would say. I think yeah. probably some of the companies where it does happen, it's because people are soured and not specifically tracking their hours.
1: Yeah. I just wonder, because you said at your old German mm-hmm. company, that was more like one of those traditional companies, yeah. like the way that I see it, one mm-hmm. of those old German traditional companies. And I wonder if like in more modern fields where there's a lot of influence from the US and other countries of the world, if that's where you can find more of that working long hours type of Mm -hmm. situation because it's just been influenced from, you know, the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, most likely. I mean, that's been my experience. My sample size is obviously very small, but that, that seems to be the case. If you guys have personal experience with this, let us know in the comments as well. Send us an email, send us a message on Instagram. We always think it's interesting to see those type of things. So, but yeah, I mean, like like we said, we're only working off of our personal experiences here. So um, feel free to join the conversation in the comments.
1: Well, other parts of the whole like work-life balance, of course, are things like PTO and um, sick days and things like that, that you don't really have to take in Germany. And I know we kind of talked about that before, but in Germany, it's... There's a federal law that says that everyone, full-time workers, have the right to at least 24 um, vacation days. And that does not, like, you don't have to take any PTO for being sick in Germany anyways. So this is literally just vacation days, paid vacation days. Um, And most companies, most companies actually give you more than that. Like around 30 days is probably.
0: For example, I I get 30, which when I tell Americans that I have 30 vacation days, they flip out like they they just can't believe it like oh like cuz in the US on the other hand there is no law mandating how many vacation days full-time employees are required to receive it's yeah. all up to the graces of the companies And I mean, it's basically what the market will allow the companies to give. So what is the cost of labor and what is the going rate vacation day wise that we give people to get them to want to work for us? So I actually was really privileged at my previous company when I worked in the U.S. to have 18 PTO days when I first started the job, which is a lot. So maybe to give.
1: PTO stands for paid time. Exactly.
0: I was going to just get into explaining kind of what PTO is for those of you who aren't familiar with it. Like Faye said, PTO is paid time off, which is days that you can use for vacation. But if you're sick, then you also have to use one of those days. So it's a mixture of sick days and vacation days, which is referred to as PTO, paid time off. Mm-hmm. Another like work model in the U.S. is that you get vac- pure vacation days and pure sick days. And if you use up all of your vacation days... Most, a lot of companies are on a point system that if you continue to call in uh, sick at, or to work on multiple occasions and use up past your uh, sick days, then you accrue points, which can then be used as grounds for firing you.
1: Yeah. So basically, the more sick you are, the more likely you are. to be fired (laughs) so that's fun and that's obviously not necessarily the case in germany at least it's not allowed to be the case there is a lot more workers rights protection um in germany where you're not just allowed to be fired randomly you can't be fired right away usually unless if there is like very very strong reasons for that but if it's just like oh they don't have the money for you anymore they there's usually a three-month period uh, mm-hmm. Kündigungsfrist. <laughs> we talked about that uh, recently we couldn't think of it like a uh, not grace period notice but like period notice period yeah mm-hmm. from both sides right like yes. for if you want to quit as the employee or if the employer wants to fire you um, yeah. but same thing also with like sickness sickness in German companies is usually not covered by any of those vacation days or anything that's just on top and there is no actual limit of how Long you can be sick for. Of course, if it's like a longer thing, where like sick for months at a time, there's gonna be some like you're gonna have to get a decrease, decrease, decrease in your um, salary, I believe. Mm, okay. But that's like specifics that I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I don't remember yeah. how after how much time that happens. Um, but usually, like in normal cases, if you're just sick for a week or even two weeks. That's fine. You're going to have to show a doctor's notice after, like, I think the first three days. So you can be sick for three days at a time without even doing anything. Like, you don't have to prove it or anything like that. You just call in sick and that's fine.
0: Yeah. Um, Maybe taking a step back, um, because you mentioned something there that I wanted to talk about, too, was the the whole concept of uh, kundigungen or layoffs mm -hmm. or firing people. So you guys probably have heard in the uh, media lately that a lot of tech companies are laying people off Facebook. Um, Twitter, Google, Microsoft, people are being laid off across the industry. And it's been really interesting to observe being an American working in the tech industry in Europe, um, as opposed to the way that things are being handled in the U S so a lot of people in the U S are just receiving emails. Like, like, for example, I know, um, they'll receive an email saying, if you get another email from HR in the next hour, you'll be informed that you don't have a job. Um, So that's one way that people are doing it. I know like Twitter, for example, they just removed people's access and Mm -hmm. they were they were fired. And it's unsettled a lot of people here in Europe, because uh, oftentimes when the big companies in the U.S. are making these decisions, they have such an American focus that they don't consider the implications that that would have on the European market. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these layoffs that are happening, happening super quick in the U.S. are not possible to do in the European countries. And Germany, I think Germany and France are two of the countries that have the strongest um, labor laws. I think Ireland in, is really up there as well. But you have to do a lot to be able to lay someone off. Like it's very common. I say very common, but people can be very low performers and still stick around in the company because yeah. the German, com- the German law, workers law doesn't allow for you to fire them because of their performance. They have to do something yeah. active against the company. Basically to give you grounds to fire them. So like it's a it's a big big issue and that's why the topic of Probezeit or temporary um, or what's that what's it called probationary period
1: like
0: a... mm-hmm. uh, is such a big topic in European work contracts. We don't really have that in the US as much because I think I've talked about this in the past in some videos. Most people in the US don't have a work contract in and of itself, but rather just a workers agree like a work agreement where you can be fired hired or fired at any point whereas mm-hmm. in Germany you have a true work contract where everything is laid out all of the specifics and because you can fire people so easily in the US you're not concerned about this this period of probation because you can fi- if they're not performing you just fire them. Yeah. Whereas in Germany it's very common to have a 6 month probationary period where it's easier for both sides to quit within that probationary period. So if the company so realizes like in the beginning, in the, when you, exactly when you first
1: start at a company. So when
0: you first start at a company in Germany, you're kind of it's kind of like flirting with the company still. Like, yeah. do I like you? Do you like me? Is this going to work out long term? Because when you're your probationary period is up, that's when this three month notice period goes into effect. Before that, you can quit. Relatively quickly. I think it's... I'm pretty sure it's with two weeks notice during the site,
1: Yeah, maybe. I'm not quite sure about the specifics, but two weeks is usually what's common in the US outside of that, yeah. right? That's like the normal... And that's just, that just like a courtesy kind of thing because I guess it's not even... Or is that written into the workers' agreement? No,
0: it's normally not written within, uh, into the workers' agreement.
1: So the two-week notice is just like out of politeness.
0: Yeah, exactly. But kind of out of the good- goodness of their heart, I didn't want to only ba- or like bash the big tech companies because a lot of them are being very generous by American standards with the way that they're letting people go. Obviously, the way that they are informing people isn't necessarily the most humane, but they're letting people go with pretty good severance packages for U.S. standards with like... I've seen some companies giving five months of uh, pay and insurance to people that they're letting go so they can find something in that time and still have insurance because that's a huge portion uh, or a big issue in the U.S. as well is your insurance, your health insurance is normally tied to your employer. So I just wanted to throw that in there too.
1: Yeah. One other thing that tech companies sometimes tend to be a little bit more liberal about is vacation days, what we just Mm -hmm. talked about, because there are these new concepts of unlimited vacation time in the US. And I actually saw kind of a funny TikTok the other day. I don't know if I can put that in here copyright wise, but I might try and find it and put it in here. So if I can find it here it
0: is. So what about the whole unlimited vacation thing? Cool, right? Yeah, my last job only gave me two weeks vacation. So. Yeah, yeah, bro, that's the old way of doing things. So I, I can legit take a three-month vacation to Europe? No questions No asked. problem at all. You'll just have a lower utilization score. Wow. Well, what was that? It's how much you've contributed per year, so the longer vacations you take, the less you'll be utilized, and the lower your score will be. So what happens if I have a high utilization score? Oh, you'll likely get promoted. How much vacation time does someone with a high score usually take? Uh, Around two weeks. So I still only get two weeks vacation. It is unlimited though, so a lot more flexibility. But if I take more than two weeks off, I won't get promoted? Yeah, probably not. Right, okay. So it's just giving it a new name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm not saying that's the case always, but there are definitely these... um, If you think about the American work world, working world, corporate world, it's definitely a big shark tank compared to in Germany, for example, where you're just protected so much that you can screw up. It's okay if you screw up. It's okay if you get sick. It's, It's okay if you have a baby. In the US, in a lot of cases, everything is so closely connected to your performance that if they don't really care. When I say they, I mean like the big companies, but in general, that's true. Like a lot of the big companies don't really care what the reasons are that your performance is lacking right now. They yeah. just see, oh, the performance is lacking. I'm not making as much as much profit. I'm going to fire these people or this person. Yeah. Um. So overall, you could probably summarize some of these things that we just talked about. And you already said the word humane that like In Germany and in European countries, I think the workers' rights are definitely, in a lot of cases, a lot more humane and just focused on the individual and supporting them a little bit more in their needs. Whereas in the U.S., it's definitely a lot more just very competitive and very performance-based. And
0: a lot of this comes down to the legislation in both countries. I mean, the legislation in Germany is very worker-friendly, whereas the legislation in the United States is very corporate-friendly. Um, so that's, that's what it comes down to is where the priorities are. And I think a lot of Americans would say, well, the reason it's that way in the U.S. is because we are very industrious, very innovative people that we pull ourselves up from our bootstraps and we work hard and like, it's, it's part of our culture, um, which I think is true, but I think you can find a good balance between the two. So like, for example, I think
1: that's definitely true too. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm going to get back to that. Yeah, yeah. I just was
0: going to say, for example, when you talk about maternity leave, that that's something you mentioned um, which I think we've actually t- covered at some point somewhat. But in Germany, I don't know the, how long you get. Um, maybe you know the t- number off the top of your head, fady. If not, that's okay. I have
1: to look it up real quick.
0: But in the U.S., you have a right to six weeks of unpaid uh, maternity leave. It's the FMLA. I forget exactly what that stands for. Maybe it's Family and Maternity Leave Act. I don't know. But only six weeks of unpaid time off. So it's a, it's a significant difference.
1: Okay, so I just looked it up and I'm not 100% sure about all the numbers, but I definitely know that in Germany it's common to um, for the maternity leave to start six weeks before your due date. And then it says at least eight weeks after. But when it comes to parental leave, I know that you can get up to three years in Germany. So like in real life, I definitely know that a lot of people, a lot of moms, even if the dad doesn't take any time off, which is also allowed, um, at least... Are gone for like a year or so usually
0: yeah and i just looked it up the fmla is the family and medical leave act um by the way we're
1: kind of all over the place right now but one other thing that i wanted to throw (laughs) out too is that um someone in ben's family actually just gave birth recently and she um had to use up all of her pto to be able to stay home for, I think, 11 or 12 weeks after she gave birth. Because it was just, I mean, that's just not possible for everyone to go right back to work and give your infant to a stranger. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't know how many uh, women in the U.S. breastfeed, but I mean, if that's also a thing, then that either takes a lot of pumping or you just don't breastfeed. Because if you have to be away from your baby after just a few weeks after Mm -hmm. you give birth, that's pretty intense. Yeah, I
0: know it's super common for women to pump at work. But yeah, we've talked about this somewhat also with the interview with the Black Forest family. So if you guys want to hear more about that, you can check out that episode as well.
1: Yeah, that was the last episode before this one. And also, they definitely knew a lot more about this because they've actually gone through that themselves. Um, we didn't really know we were going to touch on this topic. So we didn't look up the facts beforehand. Yeah. Um, so please uh, excuse us if we uh, got any of the facts wrong. If you know it correctly, or if you just want to look it up and copy and paste the right paragraph into the comments below, feel free to do so. I think that's going to help everyone who's going to watch it, at least on, on YouTube. And I would, would like to correct myself one ahead.
0: more time uh, regarding the FMLA. I looked it up at what I think I said six weeks. It's 12 weeks of unpaid time off but i think that's okay yeah can, but,
1: but that's unpaid yeah,
0: yeah. unpaid yeah. um but yeah i think we can move on from that topic Then <laughs> now that we gave it false information <laughs> and, and backtracked
1: well another thing i wanted to mention that actually came up just last week or so yeah. was that there was a court decision in germany that actually said that you are not as an employee you're not obligated to read any kind of work-related text messages or emails or any other form of digital communication during your time off. And this was like a case where I think a paramedic um, didn't read the text messages that he was getting about his shifts being changed. Mm. Um, He just didn't open them, and so he just showed up to his previously scheduled shifts. And then his employer was like, well, you're not showing up for the actual time you're supposed to be working. So they got him in trouble, and then he... um, took it to the courts, and they actually decided, apparently back in September, but it was wow. just now in the news, that he was actually right, and he there's no obligation for him to check his work emails during his time off, because that would be working, that would be counted towards his work time. Hmm. So um, even just recently in Germany, there was a decision about that, that just manifested that once again, that you really are not obligated to work during your time off, and to answer your phone calls, etc.,
0: which is just crazy because I don't know if you get these things too, like on Facebook or TikTok or whatever, where you see screenshots of managers texting their, um, their employees. Like it's normally in the services industry. So like mm-hmm. at restaurants or whatever, and people getting texts from their boss saying, Hey, can you come work this shift today? And they say no. And then they say, well, if, if you don't come, then, uh, don't bother ever coming back type deal. Cause yeah, it's just a very different work culture in that regard between the U S and Germany.
1: Yeah, that's just very extreme. I mean, if someone, you know, thinks that they have a time off and they have other stuff planned for that time off, that should be normal that they can't just drop everything and come into work. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, what you said, I wanted to get back to that mm-hmm. um, before I forget it. What you said about this whole culture being part of the American mindset, though, and the American culture, I agree with that, too, because yeah. if everything is super competitive and it's all performance-based, that also does drive you, of course, to perform well and maybe to kind of unlock skills that yeah. you might otherwise not have discovered. So, I mean, I think that is also a big reason for why the U.S. is such a big innovative country where like all the the new things, all the startups, all the crazy ideas, the um, really, really good business ideas are usually coming from the US. And of course, that exists in Germany as well, but not as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like overall, if you look at the German work culture, and that kind of goes back what uh, I mentioned in the very beginning, where you said Germans like to stick to the process, I feel like that's what you see for most of most of the time that Germans like to stick what they know and they like to keep doing what they've always been doing. And um, that I think also definitely hurts the whole innovation process Mm -hmm. a little bit. There just aren't as many new innovations or maybe innovations might be the wrong word because we definitely do have technical innovations in Germany still. And of course that's something we've been known for, but in terms of like just new business ideas, new startups, just completely whole new Ideas that doesn't really happen quite as much, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I hope that guy, I hope you guys could kind of follow me. <laughs> I,
0: I was able to follow you, but I I think they can too. <laughs> um, I think I think I've mentioned this before in another episode as well. But another stereotypical statement that you'll hear when comparing Europeans and Americans when it comes to work. So Germans obviously fall under the umbrella of Europeans. Is um, Europeans work to live, whereas Americans live to work. Um, And I think that just is a good explanation of kind of the mentality that people have towards work oftentimes in, in Europe. Like, yes, it's important and I want to do something that I enjoy and something I'm good at, but at the end of the day, it's a job and it's something that I'm doing to be able to finance or not necessarily be able to finance my life because a lot of people do really enjoy their work, but um, it's one aspect of the, of the many multifaceted people that we are, as opposed to like work, 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 work.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that this whole work to live or live to work is probably one of the biggest things that we should have thrown out there right at the beginning, too, because that's definitely something that people say when it it's comes like to... It's like the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like the thing to say. I kind of threw it out there in terms of, like, workaholic versus lazy. I guess mm-hmm. it kind of goes along with that. And I'm I'm not even saying Germans are lazy, right? And I know that not all Americans were saying that either. I just thought that that was maybe, like, a thing that came to mind. But that's Nor are basically all what Americans
0: hardworking.
1: <laughs> that's true. Um But, yeah, I think that definitely... Is true in terms of like Germans always throughout the week, they're always going to talk about what's your plan for the weekend? Like and Germans like to make kind of big plans for the weekends too. Um, Not always, but I know that a lot of Germans will plan like day trips on the weekends, going hiking, especially in the Munich area. Yeah. Everyone's going
0: skiing right now.
1: Exactly. Yep. Stuff like that where it's literally work to live and then you're going to enjoy your free time as much as you can. Other than that, I know we uh, have mentioned the office structure when we talked about this topic before. So like, Großraumbüros, I don't even know Mm -hmm. what you call those in English.
0: Kind of like an open concept workspace, I guess. It's probably the best way I would put it.
1: And then cubicles. I think those two are definitely very typical American things that you might not find as much in Germany. Or cubicles, I don't know if you can find those at all in Germany.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to think. I actually think I've been to a cubicle in Germany when I lived in Erfurt.
1: Okay, so the then I, I'll take that back.
0: They're definitely not as common in my experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was funny. I was talking to a, a German, actually when I was in Cincinnati, and it, trying to explain to him the concept of a cubicle, and he just didn't get it. Maybe because I was t- describing it really poorly. <laughs> but then he, he understood because he said, oh, yeah, I think I've seen those in the movies. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would say that office structure is very different. I say this. With my previous job uh, head, like mind, mm-hmm. because my current job, I would say, is very similar to like a lot of American offices. Mm-hmm. But at my previous job, it just was this open space where everyone had their desk, but it was like two desks next to each other. Um, I also feel like it's really common for people to share offices in Germany. Like you see that also in the empta. Like yeah. you'll have one office room with two desks in it, two or three desks. Like that's yeah. a workspace. I've seen less of that in the U S it's normally like the bot in the U S normally offices more in the more traditional sense will be a very big open space with lots of cubicles. So a cubicle is basically your workspace, but it's meant to kind of be your office, but the top is open. It's not an actual, there aren't walls that go all the way to the ceiling. Um, sometimes they're even so tall that you can't peek over, um, and it, you can kind of create them however you want depending on how the company wants to set up the office space. But it's very common for kind of the peons like your normal individual contributors at work to have cubicles that are their spaces and then the bosses or the management will have like the actual offices which tend to be on the outside of the building obviously Mm -hmm. um, because then they have the outside view and like the primed primed prime possession or like the main office is normally the corner one because it's normally the biggest okay um but, yeah, that, I'd say that's generally, like, the big differences. But, yeah, cubicle, I feel like, is a very American thing.
1: You still haven't fully explained to those who maybe don't know what it is um, how to picture that. We can put an image for the ones who are watching on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to
0: describe it. Like, yeah. if you look at a floor plan, so if you think of, like, having a top-down view of, a, of the way that the, the office is set up, it's going to look like you see a whole bunch of little offices. Mm-hmm. But it's, they're, like I said, they're not full rooms,
1: and they're not but, like actual walls, right? They're some kind of temporary, movable. Yeah, it's it,
0: yeah, they're not real walls. Like they're they're one hundred percent movable. So yeah, they're
1: like room um separators, or what are those called? Like uh, trenvende.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. We would probably call them cubicle walls.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and then um everyone can like use like um. Push pins or whatever, and mm-hmm. put up photos all over their cubicle. I think that's yep. like a thing when you first enter corporate America and you get your first little cubicle. That's what I know from friends and also the movies that people will just try and individualize them as much as possible. Because other exactly. than that, they're very much the same. Everyone has the oh, same I hated thing. In it. And they're gray, right? And it's like just a very sad working. It's very sad
0: because you don't have any natural light normally in a cubicle as well. Uh-huh. Um, it's normally very much like. You sit in this dark little room. If you've seen the movie The Incredibles, yeah. they have a scene where Mr. Incredible sits in a cubicle and is typing. Um, yeah, for it's sure. It's just very depressing. But like a very typical thing too is that you'll get a name uh, tag or like a name badge or plaque, mm-hmm. placard basically, that then goes on like the entrance to your cubicle. They don't have okay. doors normally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like an open space. But like, for example, the way I had my cubicle when I worked in the US, there were four cubicles all next to each other that shared an open space in the middle, but everyone Mm -hmm. was like in their own corner. So it was nice because we could still turn around and then talk to people without having to get out of the cubicle. But yeah, Yeah. it's a... I I feel like I said, I think that's quintessential American. What else do you have to add to that?
1: Um, No, I I I don't think I have anything to add, really. I think for sure that's quintessential America. I would actually be interested how many of those exist in german um, offices as well yeah. it's like a weird method to create privacy in a space where exactly. there's no privacy kind of like yeah. medium privacy <laughs> a little bit of privacy um definitely. but i think that definitely when you think of old-fashioned like traditional um german companies that i think what you'll find most of the time will be just more like literally an office structure where there's only like two or three people maximum in one office together. But you actually have to walk down the hallway and then go from room to room. And there isn't like this yeah. main room in the middle, like you just described exactly. it, where everyone can kind of communicate more easily. But in media, so like all the jobs that I worked at, we always had like a an open floor plan. So a Großraumbüro. I mean, that's yeah. just like Redaktionen in general. So like um editor editor's offices or... Mm -hmm. editing spaces um, are usually like that and so that everyone can communicate really quickly. But other than that, even like in the radio station, the one of them that I worked at, the people who weren't part of the creative team of the radio station but the ones who did the sales and all of the administration work they actually had more of like a traditional office structure mm-hmm. where everyone had their own little office and then maybe two or three people that if they were working in the same department shared an office like you said yeah. there were like two or three desks but it's like its own room and if you you yeah. can't just like yell across the room and everyone else can hear you basically Yeah which um, is what you can
0: do with cubicles Yeah um my current work situation is set up that it's just a whole bunch of desks it's a bureau. Uh, so like this open workspace, and no one has their own desk. Like mm-hmm. there, you no one has a desk assigned to them. I should say, yeah. that you can sit at any desk, and at the end of the day, you take everything from the desk with you. Yeah. Um, so there's not like much personalization, which is actually something that I kind of miss. Like I liked having mm-hmm. my family pictures set up, and um, like I had I have my license plate from Ohio uh, still from my cars, and like mm-hmm. I had that there just to make it personalized. Oh, that's cool. You
1: know yeah that's how it was for um one of the places the agency that i worked at in hamburg that Mm -hmm. was like a very very modern like um public relations advertisement social media agency and all the walls were of glass made of glass yep um and all the desks were white and there was an apple um monitor on every desk and then everyone got a macbook and then you could walk around and connect it to whatever monitor you wanted to and there were all these little creative workspaces like little Mm -hmm. little nooks and stuff where you could go for meetings and yeah, all the like creative stuff that you would picture in like a company like Google or something like that. Probably not quite as nice, but it was definitely this like very modern Mm -hmm. um, setup where, I mean, if I were the boss, I think the one thing that would bug me at least is like, if everyone could look into my office all day long. But I know that that's, for example, in law firms, in movies, at least, if you look at, um, yeah, if you look at law firms in TV shows, etc., it's all just glass walls and you can look into yeah. every office usually yeah. it is
0: cool though like when you work in those type of uh setups like i could go sit next to the ceo of germany if i wanted to mm-hmm. like i could i'm not going to <laughs> it breaks down the hierarchies th- very much so very mm-hmm. much so because he doesn't have his own desk or yeah he doesn't have his own desk either okay. like what, obviously if it's important uh meetings he'll reserve a room mm-hmm. or work from home um, which is another big thing I feel like that we haven't really talked about is mm-hmm. like work working from home, yeah, but yeah, it definitely breaks down the hierarchy uh on the topic of working <laughs> from home, or as the Germans call it, home office, which I guess is actually funny for Brits because the home office is like the, their equivalent I believe to the Secretary of state
1: yeah well, so, yeah is that the secretary of states the um i believe so in in ministerium.
0: Uh, is it in a ministerium?
1: I think so. I thought that's what it was. Okay, if
0: that's the case, then it's not the secretary of state. Yeah, I don't know. So it's probably it's the... the secretary of the interior. I don't know, but it's a government office. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I digress.
1: <laughs> well, it's let's let's explain real quick because that is kind yeah. of like a, a false cognate, if you will. But it's also not fully because the word home mm-hmm. office exists at least if you want to talk about American English. The word home office exists, but it just basically means Arbeitszimmer, so like a yeah or like bureau. To houses, So like a, an office that you ha- have at home, a, a room, but um, in German everyday language, people say, ich arbeite im home office, meaning like I work in home office. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have a home office at home. It just yeah. means that they're working from home. They could also be working from a coffee shop and they would yeah. still say, ich bin heute im home office. I'm in home office today, for example. Yeah. And or, then, yeah, in
0: it's the u s to home office, yeah, yeah, it.
1: i'm I'm making home office today. I'm yeah. doing home office today in um the u s. you would literally just say working from home, and then you actually uh, can abbreviate that with w f h
0: instead ah, really.
1: people do that, yeah,
0: i I mean, I believe you. so this is like the funny thing is i I moved kind of in the middle of the pandemic. So when I was still working in the u s it was less of a common thing, like Mm -hmm. My, my boss allowed it just to give us more flexibility. He's like, yeah, if you have like a doctor's appointment or something, like just work from home. Yeah. Um, Not a big deal. But nowadays it's completely different. Like I remember it was a big deal when the pandemic started, like having to take my monitor, uh, uh, taking a monitor home to be able to have a better setup and be more effective. Mm -hmm. And now it's such a normal thing of my life. Like I go to the office two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time, I work from home. I have my complete home office set up here. But I, I, I don't really know if there's a big difference between the U.S. and Germany in that regard. Um, but as a general trend, I, well, I, I think Germans were more resistant to working from home. Yeah, I mean,
1: I kind of like Googled this whole thing Uh before we started the episode just to get like a few things, few bullet points in case I forgot something. And one thing that definitely came up about just the topic of work culture was that the American companies were supposedly always much more open to doing working from home situations and allowing that. Um, Whereas in Germany, that was really for a long time, something that was not really accepted, like that was... You know, you're not actually working if you're working from home. Yeah. So that doesn't, that's not really an option. Um, Whether that's true or not, I mean, it seems like in your experience, that wasn't really the case that in the U.S. you weren't, didn't really have more flexibility in that regard, apparently, than you do now in Germany.
0: I would say that I could work, I said I could work from home in the U.S., like it was allowed. It just was like not a part of the culture as much, like every once in a while, but not nearly... To the same extent as i experience now but i think most of that has to do with the pandemic as opposed to
1: differences in cultures between the two what i'm basically trying to say is that according to things that i found online up until Mm -hmm. the pandemic germany was very much Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. not allowing that whereas the us was already very flexible in terms of allowing working from home um, and now, of course, I think that's changed. So I don't know if there is a huge difference anymore now. Probably mm-hmm. still a little bit. I would assume that there's still a little gap yeah. there. But I know that a lot of companies in Germany now allow it. And throughout the pandemic, they even had to allow it. That's like, what I was going to say, too. Yeah. They,
0: were, they were forced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, there was a mandate in Germany that if you can work from home, you have to work from home Yeah. Um, in the middle of the pandemic. That don- no longer exists. But there was nothing like that in the U.S. as far as a mandate. Um. Just the the recommendation to work from home if you can,
1: right? Yeah, and now now the mandate doesn't exist anymore in Germany, but I feel like a lot of companies definitely kept that up. So as you say, you only have to work um, from the office like a couple days a week, or is do you even have a minimum time of being in the office? There or? isn't
0: a minimum. Um, I will say though that you it you do start to you are starting to see a trend more towards companies saying, okay, get back in the office. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies don't want to force people to come back. But as far as like corporate messaging is concerned, there's been a huge shift towards let's get back in the offices, learn from each other, yeah. um, team spirit, like in the office it's better, but we also don't, we also understand that we're in a different world than we were in before the pandemic. So yeah. we're still trying to be flexible, but the preferences definitely has come back for people to come into the office.
1: Yeah, I've definitely also heard of situations. I think in both countries where it's like the company basically basically says these two days every week is when we're mm. all in the office. Mm-hmm. The other days you can work from home. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also I don't know if this is more like a startup thing because I feel like I've mainly heard that from younger companies recently, where they're actually going like the other way and they're like, okay, we had an office, but we're kind of trying to give that up now because everyone can work from home. So why would we yeah. spend the money on an office space? And kind of that's a trend now too. But I think. That that's also a trend that's happening in both countries, and it's not really a difference. Yeah. But it's an one, interesting development.
0: One thing yeah. that I've I've been hearing more recently, too, is companies reduced their office space or tried to reduce mm-hmm. their office space during the pandemic, and now more people are wanting to go back into the office. Yeah. So offices are <laughs> way too full sometimes Shit, now because yeah. there isn't enough space. But yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, also when talking about that whole thing, of course, the whole work-life balance topic actually comes right back into play. So I guess that's like the loop that we just created yes. here um, for the episode is that, of course, once you do work from home a lot, keeping up that work-life balance might become a lot trickier again because yeah. then you don't have that physical difference anymore, the physical border between work and home in your case for example like you have your work set up in your bedroom it's the same room you sleep Mm -hmm. in etc so um, I mean that's also an issue for me which I always work from home but I know that a lot of people are struggling with that and have been struggling with that throughout the pandemic too where it's like well when do I make fire when do I when am I off (laughs) (laughs) because you don't like leave anywhere and then of course you you'd still have the access to your work emails because sometimes yeah. it depends on the company. Of course, I think for most companies nowadays, you have access to the work emails from home if your you want phone, to. Yeah. But I know that there's also, I mean, for me, for example, that was the case for some of these jobs that I had where I couldn't read my work emails from home. Um, and that's that's actually, actually really good. That Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. no, no, so, no, for
0: sure. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I struggled with it more working from home, but... With time, you get used to it or I've gotten used to it, but I'm I'm sure there are still people out there who are struggling with it.
1: It's probably definitely something you're going to have to work on yourself and keep in mind if you are someone who is working from home a lot to just make sure that you keep up that work life balance and keep it healthy. (laughs) And just because you're in the same space doesn't mean you have to work more suddenly or later or you, you know, you just work at night or at weird times of the day and stuff like that. (laughs)
0: i love it because this is coming from you
1: (laughs) yeah but i always did it like this so (laughs) yes
0: exactly it's not really um, the pandemic
1: unfortunately my boss is me so uh (laughs) if i were to get mad at someone for making me do that then i would just get mad at myself which i I do and that is not healthy (laughs) that's not always like the main thing about like being self-employed like in my situation and i know other Mm -hmm. people handle this much much better I'm just not very disciplined in this regard but the worst yeah. thing is that I don't have someone to blame and that sucks cuz like sometimes yeah. having that conversation with a colleague where you just talk shit about just your boss yeah, yeah just auskotzen and just complain about why you have to do this you're still going to do your work but you're just going to complain while you do it because yes. someone's <laughs> making you do that and it's someone else's fault right you can put all the blame on someone else on this like supervisor or whoever it is that is just becoming the villain in that situation. And if I do that, I'm the villain. And then that gets into a whole other
0: it's, uh, mental health
1: spiral. Yeah, it's like not not uh, necessarily the healthiest thing to uh, blame yourself and hate on yourself no. for certain things. So that's always my biggest struggle. But that's not really the topic of the episode. No.
0: So... I think we've covered most of uh, most of what we wanted to talk about so far. Uh, Feli, did you have anything else that you wanted to add before we officially wrap up the, the episode on work-life balance?
1: Nothing to add. I think just maybe a quick apology for maybe uh, throwing in some inaccurate facts. As I said, feel free to correct them in the comments. And also, sorry for maybe being a little bit chaotic in this episode, but you're already used to that anyway. So if you guys have anything to add, of course, um, maybe we just missed complete points of the topic that we just didn't Mm -hmm. even touch upon, um, definitely make sure to mention those. Or if you have stuff to correct or add about things that we did mention, um, whether that's facts or just personal experience, whether that's in one of the countries or another country. I know that a lot of you guys are also familiar with the work cultures in the US and Germany or the US and another European country. So if you have any experiences to share in that regard, um, I would love to read that in the comments on YouTube, of course.
0: I said it earlier in the episode, but you can also reach out to us on Instagram or Patreon if you support us on Patreon. So uh, feel free to also check that out. We have our monthly hangouts there as well. Oh um, yeah, the
1: next one is coming up this Sunday. Exactly. So, for all of you, you Patreons out that.
0: there, we will have one on this Sunday. Yep. Um, and yeah, anything else uh, you want to add?
1: Nope. That's it. Make sure to subscribe <laughs> and follow everywhere. Leave a review and um, rating or whatever it's called. So five stars if you can. and <laughs> You know, uh, hit that follow or subscribe button on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Um, no, thank you guys so much for watching and for listening. And we will be back in two weeks.
0: Schönen <laughs> Feierabend.
1: Schönen Feierabend. Tschüss.